Amen. Always, God is so good. And so we want to get into our starting lesson of our series for the year. As you have said, uh, I've told you our theme this year is better. Amen. We're going to be talking about better things all year. Amen. And that's the key. Last year, we talked about over being an overcomer. And it's amazing how quick that 12 months went by, you know, and we're, we're designed, you know, God is trying to move us to that perfective state. God is trying to get us to that place in him, the way we trust in him, we lean on him, we believe in him. And throughout the scriptures, we search the scriptures, we study the scriptures, and we have to get to that point to where we apply the scripture to our lives. Amen. Because God has taken us to a better place. Amen. Paul told the church of Hebrews that the children of Israel could not enter into the promised land because of their unbelief. And he says, let us take warning or take caution that we don't let that same thing happen to us. Amen. That spirit of unbelief. And, and so we have to be believers. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, is the evidence of things not seen. Amen. You know, when you read the book of Hebrews, the whole book of Hebrews talks about better. Amen. Everything is better. We're looking for, we got a better God. We've got a better revelation. We got a better truth. We got a better hope. You know, it just keeps going on better, better, better. And the more we dig into the Word of God, the more we study the Word of God, we, we come up and we see all that better stuff that God has for us. Amen. And so, Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 3.16, he says, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. He was justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. Amen. So we can see that Almighty God. So we come out of Christmas and we see that Christmas speaks to that better truth that Jesus was manifest, was God manifested in the flesh. Emmanuel, God being with us. Amen. And now God is in us. God dwells with us. Amen. He takes his abode. He's inside of us. And so therefore we must realize that there's better things ahead. Amen. For us. You know, the Lord told Abraham, he says, you leave home and I will bless you. Abraham had to leave. He had to leave his family. He had to leave everything. But Abraham was a little disobedient. He, he didn't leave everything like God told him to. He decided to take Lot with him. And it took him a while before he could get his promise. He couldn't get his blessings until he got Lot out of the way. <laughs> You know, so so we have to realize there's things for us, and sometimes we may uh, things may be hindering us from seeing what God has for us, and we may need to stop and dig a little deeper and find out what is preventing us from being able to see what God has for us and to move us forward. Amen. So during this lesson, we will look at the identity of Jesus Christ and his fullness. Revelation is defined as a surprising and previously unknown fact, especially one that is made known in a dramatic way. The disclosure of something that was not previously known. Paul, speaking to the church at Corinth, said, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God have revealed them to us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searched all things, yea, the deep things of God. Amen. The deep things of God. You know, they old saying you can't swim in shallow water. You got to get out into the deep. Okay, you got to get into the deep. And in Ezekiel, we see in Ezekiel, I think it's forty-seven. The the spirit draws Ezekiel and he brings him to the temple, and then Ezekiel gets to look in and he sees the water is gushing from under the altar. And the water is coming out, and he takes him outside, and he brings him to the brink of the river. And Ezekiel sees this water, and he passes through, and he says it was at his ankle. And he, and he measured, and it was a thousand, 
thousand cubics. And he measured again, and he brought me through the water, and he said, was that my knees? And then he measured again, and then he brought me through the water, and was that my waist? And then he says he measured again, and he brought me through to the water, and it was water up here that you could swim in. And he says everywhere those waters went was for the healing of the nations. Amen. So the Holy Ghost, the deeper we get in, we can swim. <laughs> the way, and everywhere those waters go, wherever we go, we are for the healing of the nations. Jesus says in Luke 4, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. All right. So the Spirit of the Lord is upon you for a purpose. And so, therefore, you've got to get into the deeper things of God. You've got to study the Word of God. You've got to apply yourself to know the revelation, again, the better revelation of Jesus Christ. Everything flows in a Christian's life from that first understanding that you understand who God is. When Jesus says in Matthew 16, 13 through 19, who do they say I, the Son of Man, am? You know, they begin to say, well, some says you are John the Baptist or Elijah or Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He says, but who do you say that I am? And Peter says, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he says, blessed art thou, Simon Borjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven, and I say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And whatsoever things you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thing you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So to obtain this better revelation of Jesus Christ, you've got to get into the Word of God. You've got to study the Word of God. You've got to search. You know, the hidden things that are in the Word of God. Jesus tells us in Isaiah 55, My ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. They're higher. And we see that wisdom in Proverbs 8 talks about getting deeper. Okay? There's deep things. There's deep fountains that are, are down there. You know, they say that the space shuttle was going around the earth and all of a sudden it began to pick up some sun, sun rays and they come to realize that under Africa was rivers that's going under all that desert. And here's people dying because they don't have water, but underneath there's all kinds of screams that's just flowing underneath there that if they would just dig down, they could find it. You know, the Lord told Jeremiah in Jeremiah 2.13, he says, My people has committed two evils. They've left me the fountains of living water, and they have hold themselves out cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. You know, so we got to dig deep. Jesus told the woman at the well in John 4, he says, I will be in you a well of water, what? Springing up unto eternal life. Say, so the deep things and the get a revelation requires us to search the things of God. And Paul says, the Spirit searches all things. Yea, the deep things of God. Amen. What do you have need of? What would you like to know about God? You know, Job says, man, if I could just find him, I will present my case. You know, he says, if I knew where I could find him, I will present my case to him, you know. But he got his chance in the end, you know. But, you know, if you could ask God anything, what would you ask him? What would you like to know from God? What would you like to know about God? 
I guarantee you that question that's going on in your mind right now, if you dug into the treasure, you get the answer. It's there. You just haven't unfolded it. You know, I think I was sharing with you last month about, about you know, the, the book, the prayer Jabez, how you began to look into God's word and, you know, we, we overlook things sometimes. You know, we, we, we miss the key pieces that put it all together. You know, Isaiah says precept must be upon precept and line must be upon line. He says here little and there little. So therefore, if there's a little bit here and a little bit there, that means you've got to search and begin to put this puzzle together. If you like putting puzzles together, I'm not a big puzzle type put together person, but sometimes I like to do, do it just to mess around. But if you like to put puzzles together, then you know it's a tedious work to try to find the pieces sometimes to put it together. But as it start coming together, you start feeling good about yourself. And you know pretty soon it's going to come to completion to bring the picture that you're trying to get together. It's the same way with the Word of God. It's the same way with the things of God. As you'll find a piece here, you'll find a piece there. And as you begin to put those pieces together, pretty soon you're going to go, Ah, that's what that means. Ah, yes, now I see it. You know, oh yes, I can see clearly what he's trying to show me or what he's trying to present to me. And this revelation of Jesus Christ is key and essential to every child of God. It's amazing to me that a lot of people have not the knowledge of Christ. But they are what? Believers, they say. They are born again, they say. But yet they have not the knowledge of Christ. And a lot of the reasons they don't have the knowledge is because they are not searching for understanding. See, you want to have clear understanding. So number one, is Jesus in the Godhead or is the Godhead in Jesus? When we speak of the Godhead, we're referring to the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, or what many may call the Holy Trinity. This is not to discredit any denomination, but to bring about revelation of identity. So is Jesus in the Godhead or is the Godhead in Jesus? Huh? Okay. If somebody was to catch you on the street and ask you what that question, what would you tell them? Yeah? See? <laughs> In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And we are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and powers. Amen. We are buried with him by baptism. Amen. So he is the Godhead. In him dwell everything. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost is inside of Jesus Christ. Colossians 2, verse 8 through 10. So therefore, having that bit of piece of information that is all in him, then you can understand when we sing that song, is all in him. The mighty God is Jesus. The Prince of Peace is He. The Everlasting Father, the King Eternally. The Wonderful in Wisdom, by whom all things were made. The fullness of the Godhead and Jesus is displayed. Emmanuel, God is with us. Jehovah, Lord of Hosts. The Omnipresent Spirit, which fills the universe. The Advocate, the High Priest, the Lamp was sinner slain, the Author of Redemption, O Glory to His name, the Alpha and Omega, the Beginning and the End, the Living Word incarnate, the Helpless Sinner Friend, our Wisdom and Perfection, our Righteousness and Power. Yeah, all you need is Jesus, and you can find Him this very hour. Our God for whom we waited will be this glad refrain. Of Israel's recreated when Jesus comes again. Lord, he will come and save us, our king and priest to be, for in him dwell all fullness. 
and Lord of all is he. So when you sing this song, amen, what you should take is this song, and if you would go to your Bible and search out everything the writer is saying and calling him those names, you will find it in the scriptures, and it points you to Jesus Christ. See? And that way you, it builds your understanding and your faith in the oneness to be able to understand that there's only one God. You know, hear all Israel, Deuteronomy 6 and 4, the Lord our God is one. He's one Lord, right? So if there's only one Lord, there's one God, then therefore we need to know this God in his fullness and his deity. We need to understand his character and what he desires us to become so that we do not struggle in our walk with him. Amen. If he has his abode in us, then we need to know him. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name given unto heaven among men whereby we must be saved. And Mark 2 when you look at Mark 2, the Bible lets us know that there was a man being born by four, and they brought him to the house, and because of the crowd, they could not get him into the house. And what did they do? They tore the roof off the house, and they let him down. And Jesus saw their faith. He said to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee. And all those there says, Who can forgive sins but what? God. And Jesus said that you might know that the Son of Man have power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, take up your bed and walk. And immediately he got up and walked. When you look at John's gospel, John's gospel is more a gospel of revelation. And we'll talk more about that uh, in these lessons. But you notice when John wrote his gospel... It was somewhere around 85, 90 A.D., see? And so, therefore, when John brings his gospel on the scene, the church is already that far down the road, somewhere between 85, 90 years of, of, of going on. See, a lot of the stuff we read in Acts has already happened when John writes his gospel and puts it together, see? So therefore, that's why John doesn't see a need as the other gospel writers to bring in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. You don't see John talking about the genealogy of Jesus. He immediately just comes right out the chute and say, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things was made by Him, and without Him was nothing made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Amen. He goes on, and he talks about John the Baptist coming, and, and laying the foundations, and he goes on and says, And the Word was what? Made flesh, and dwelt amongst us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. See? And so as you begin to look at all that and begin to put it together, you know, and John sees Jesus coming and he says, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of all the world. See, John puts the pieces together, and when you look at John's teachings throughout as you're reading and you're studying, you see John will bring you to a revelation of truth, and then he backs it up with a, 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 an event. See, for example, when you get to John 2, he turns to Jesus, comes to the wedding, and what does he do? He turns the water into wine. See? That's the first miracle that Jesus does, you know, and Jesus tell Mary, my hour is not yet come. I'm, I'm not supposed to be doing this now, this, this right now. I'm not, want to bring the revelation out front, okay? But as he turns the water into wine, that lets you know that no man can do these things but God, see? 
And so the revelation that John is back and forth. So when you're studying John this year, when you're reading your Bible through this year, and you're going through John, I want you to watch for those key events. John will drop nuggets of gold here, a little bit here, a little bit there. He'll use an event to support the oneness of God. Is all he does. He already realized that the church is already established and he's trying to get them rooted and grounded to continue to understand. So when you read John, watch how he writes and what he brings in. He's got a miracle and he's got a, a passage of a oneness. He brings a miracle to support what he's talking about. Good. Okay? For example, John 14, he says, Jesus says what? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house is many mansions. If it was not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And the way I know, you know. And the where I go, you know. And John says, uh, Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. No man can come unto the Father but by me. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. Henceforth, you know him and what? Have seen him. And Philip says, well, show us the Father and it suffices. Jesus says, well, have I been so long time with you, Philip, and thou hast not known me? He that have seen me have seen the Father. How says thou show us the Father? You know, and he goes right in and says, if you don't believe me for what I'm telling you, believe me for what you see me doing. See, that's why I'm saying here, you've got to, you watch what, how John writes and what he does. He'll tell you that Jesus is God. And he says, now, if you don't want to believe it, then here, look, see what he does to, to, to support that. See, this is getting into the deeper things. That's why Paul says, meat belong up to those that are weaned from the breast. Every child of God should move on to perfection. You should not have to keep being spoon-fed. It comes a time that you've got to get off the milk and start eating some, some steak. <laughs> you know, you, you've got to get your teeth to digging. You've got to get into this thing deeper. Because the more you know of Christ... The well you are verse of the revelation of Christ, the more you are going to know. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. All power in heaven and earth is given unto me. Notice, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. Psalm 62, verse 11. You got it? God has spoken once. In the beginning, God says it happened. <laughs> Twice have I heard this, that power belongeth to God. And Jesus says, all power and heaven and earth is given unto me. What does that tell you? <laughs> Isaiah 42, 8. I think it's 42, 8. Let's see if it's 42, 8. I am the Lord. That is my name. And my glory will I not give to another, neither my praises to graven images. So if God isn't going to give his power to any other, and Jesus says, I've got it all. So that tells you, right? I am the Lord. Jesus says in John thirteen thirteen, you call me Master and Lord. And you say, well, for so I am. See, you call me master and you call me Lord, for so I am. I am the Lord. 
potentate, and there is no other. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. There is not two, three, four. There is only one God. Jesus is His name. All power in heaven and earth is His. Say, And so therefore, when you start to digging into this thing, it began to reveal itself and open itself of the revelation of the truth. So Jesus says in Matthew 28, All power in heaven and earth is given unto me. Go ye therefore and baptize. No, go ye therefore and teach all nations. Baptizing them in the name of of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the ends of the earth. Amen. So, he says, go teach the things I've taught you. See, the revelation of truth is to be taught by us. See, This truth is to be exposed, to bring people into a deeper understanding. See, you and I have to search this thing out. We've got to dig in there and get the nuggets and the goals to bring us to that clearer understanding so that we can be confident in our abilities to share the truth of the matter with others without fear and without, under, with, without knowledge. We have to have the knowledge of God. As Paul told the church in 1 Corinthians 15.34, that some have not the knowledge of Christ, and I speak that to your shame. Say, you will not struggle in your walk when you know God. Because once you have the revelation of the knowledge of the understanding of God, then it opens your understanding to what? Want to do more for God. To go. Look at Isaiah 6. And the year, he says, that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the serpents, each having six wings, and with twain they covered their face, and with twain they covered their feet, and with twain they did fly. And they cried one unto the other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is what? Full of his glory. The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein, for it's founded upon the seas and established upon the floods. The earth is the Lord's. Amen. Then what are they crying? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. That's why the Lord says, Be ye holy, for I am holy. See, holiness is set apart is separated for a purpose and for a cause. And God has chosen us for such a time as this. Amen. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door, Isaiah said, moved at the voice of them that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Amen. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone. Because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, because my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Who is this Lord of hosts? <laughs> Lift up your eyes, O ye gates, and be ye lifted every last door, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He's the King of glory. Okay? See the King of glory. And then flew one of the serpents unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar, and he placed it upon my mouth, and said, Lo, this has touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and your sins are purged. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? 
and whom shall go for us? Then said I, here am I, Lord, send me. And he says, go and tell this people, hear you indeed, but understand not. See you indeed and perceive not. Make their hearts fat and their ears heavy and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, they hear with their ears, and they understand it with their heart, and they convert it and be healed. And I says, Lord, how long? And he answered, until what? The cities be wasted without inhabitants, the house be without men, and the land be utterly desolate. Uh, and he goes on and says, but, you know, yet there shall be a tenth. And what's going to happen? And they shall return. And they shall eat as a teal tree and an oak tree whose substance they in them when they bring forth their leaves. So shall the holy seed be the substance thereof. He's our substance. Amen. The holy seed is the substance. Now faith is the substance. Amen. So once we get that revelation, then we've got to be ready to go. we got to be ready to teach. we got to be ready to show forth the truth of the matter. Daniel says in Daniel 2.22, he says, He revealed the deep and secret things. He knows what is in what? The darkness and light. And the light dwelleth with him. You catch that? Let's try that again. <laughs> he revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness. And the light dwelleth with him. John eight twelve. Jesus says, He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. John says in John 1, verse 3, right? In him was life, and the light was the light of man. See? The Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 3. Amen. In him was light, and the life was the light. And the light shineth in the darkness. And the darkness comprehended it not. See? Verse John 1, 4, right? So notice, and it was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. He knows what is in the darkness. See? There's nothing hidden from God. This is why Micah says in Micah 7, 8, he says, Rejoice not against me, O my enemies. For when I fall, I shall arise. And verse 9, he says, And when I, when I, verse 8, excuse me, And when I sit in darkness, what's going to happen? The Lord's going to be a light around me. Why? Because he dwells in the light. He knows what is in the darkness. If I sit in darkness, he's, he's still going to give me light. See, God is the light. See? And so therefore, the revelation, as you begin to understand, God is light. Jesus said Nicodemus, as he's talking to Nicodemus in verse 17, he says, God sent not his son into the world to what? Condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. He says, here's condemnation. Verse 18, he says, here's condemnation. Light is coming to the world, but men love darkness rather than the light because they're deeds of evil. See? See? So they, if you hate the light, what's happening? You're walking in darkness. See? He knows what is in the darkness. And the light dwelleth with us, Daniel says. So we have to get this revelation here to bring it all the pieces together, the puzzle. You're trying to put it together. You're trying to piece it together so that you have a clear revelation of truth so that you walk in truth 
and not in error. See? And if you're walking in truth, the light is going to shine. The light is going to build you up. The light is going to encourage you more. Why? Because all power in heaven and earth is going to be revealed to you who you are and who you are in him so that you know how to give an answer of everyone that asks of you. Your confidence and your faith will be built up more in Christ. As Paul told the church at Philippi in one six. and being confident is this very thing, that he that has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. See, when you have this revelation of a better understanding of Christ, it gives you strength. That's why Job says in Job 23, he says, if I can find God, I'll plead my cause. He says, would he destroy me by his power? He says, no. He, he would, you know, he says, God would really just put strength in me. And that's what happens to you and I when we seek for God, when we seek for the things of God. Amen. He opens our understanding to a better revelation of him. And what does it do? It brings you strength. It brings you power. See, the, the way you build yourself up, as Jude says, on your most holy faith. Amen. Even in dark times, even in the darkness you're going through, you won't fear. You won't be troubled. You won't shake. You won't shiver. Because why? You have power right with you. You can see what is going on. God is with you. The light. You, the scriptures began to reveal itself to you that you understand that the hope that you are looking for is in Christ. That's why Psalms 121 says, I will lift my eyes into the hills from which cometh my help, that my help cometh from the Lord, which made the heavens and the earth. He will not suffer my feet to be moved. He that keepeth me will not slumber. He that keepeth Israel will not slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is the shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the bone by night. The Lord will preserve thee. He will preserve you from all evil. The Lord will preserve you going out and you're coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. The confidence builders start coming in. You see why David could begin to sing the way he did and, and begin to put his trust in God. He knew where to go. My help cometh from the Lord. See, the revelation of where your help is, it, it begins to unfold. Call upon me in the time of trouble and I will hear you and deliver you and you will glorify my name. So we have this revelation. So the darkest hour is just what? Before the day. See? The darkest hour is always just before the day. So when you're going through dark times, just keep digging. Because pretty soon, you're going to hit the day. You're going to hit the light. Revelation will be understood and open the to you, amen, as you get into the word of God. This is what David says, amen. Blessed is the man that do what? Walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. In other words, don't take your counsel from the world. Amen. If they ain't serving God, what are you going to listen to them for? <laughs> Blessed is the man that walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. Nor standeth in the ways of sinners, nor sitteth in the seats of the scornful, but his delight is where? In the law of the Lord, and in the law that he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers that shall bring forth fruit in his season. And whatsoever he do it, he shall prosper, right? See, in the law, the law of the Lord is perfect. It converts the soul. It changes you. It allows you to be able to see you for who you are. Amen. All power is given to him. You know? That's why he could say, the earth is mine. He told his disciples, <laughs> I'm, I'm, if I was hungry, I could eat. But it's all mine. As he told Pilate, this is not my kingdom. You know, I could call a legion right now and they'd be here to deliver me. You know, 
He knows where we are. And he wants us to have this understanding of who he is because we are his. Paul says in first, I mean Romans uh, 12, 3, that he has dealt to every man what? A measure of faith. See? And so you've got to take that faith that God gives you and do what? Add to it. Add to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity. For these things be in you and abound. They made that you should not be barren nor unfruitful. What? In the knowledge of God. And he goes on and he says, these things just give you entrance into heaven. See? And so, therefore, we've got to search. First John chapter 5, verse 7 and verse 8. John goes on and tells us here, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Notice, they're all the same. And there are three that bear record, witness in the earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree in one, Jesus Christ. The blood, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. That's why when you're baptized in the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus Christ washes your sins away in the water, and he fills you with his spirit. See? That's why Jesus said you've got to be born again of the water and the spirit. Say In his name. That's where the blood is applied, and as a result, that's why they agree in Jesus, see, in the earth. And in heaven, they agree in him, the Father, the Word, and the Spirit, see. This is all one, because God is one. He's not divided. He's not three, you know. It it blows my mind. Sometimes I hear people, you know, they say, Jesus is God, and then the next minute, and, and then they're saying the Holy Trinity. I'm going, you got to, where are you coming from that? How can he be, you, one second you're saying he's God, and the next minute you're calling him a Trinity? You know? You, 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 that comes from not studying and, and digging. You know, you're, you're hearing what people are saying without searching it out yourself. Say, you know, taking what man is saying and not digging, see, because he is one. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18 and verse 19. Paul writing to the church at Ephesus in first, uh, Ephesians three eighteen and 19. That we may be able to what? Comprehend with all saints what is the breath the length, the depth, and the height, and to know, verse 19, the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that you might be filled with what? All the fullness of God. Notice, that you may know the love of Christ. John says God is what? Love. What's the greatest commandment? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is likened to it. So you got to know the love of Christ. For God so loved the world that he was gave himself that we could live. That's love. That's what Paul says in Romans 4. He says, you know, man, one would verily die, but Christ what? Commended his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, that's love. You know, when you look at Calvary, that's love. See, he wants us to know the love of Christ. Because man is not going to die for you. 
Greater love has no man than this, that a man will lay down his life for a friend. Jesus dies for us because of his love. And once we understand that love, amen, that great love of his, that agape love, Amen. Once we get an understanding of that, it passes knowledge and understanding. And we will be able to understand that fullness of God. This is what John also writes in 1 John. He said, we want you to have fellowship with us. You know, and he, he begins to say, this, you know, is the love of God. See, he wants us to understand. You've got to understand God's love. His mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. You know, he loves you. He loves me. He loves us. As the song says, oh, how he loves you and me. He gave his life. What more could he do? Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves me. See? Yes. He loves us. And so once we understand Christ's love then we begin to understand the fullness, amen, of God, amen, praise God. And that's what he wants us to understand. See, so we can't understand prophecy and how it un- operates until we understand the oneness, the truth. We can't understand tongues and interpretation until we understand the oneness. We can't understand the gifts of the Spirit until we understand the oneness. Because it comes from the Spirit. See? And God is the Spirit. And they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And Romans 89 says, If the Spirit of God dwells in you, then you're not in the flesh. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. See? So therefore, we have to have this better revelation. So it builds us up. We want to have the understanding, amen, so that we can get deeper into this thing. We need to be able to understand how faith works. But it won't understand it until you get a better understanding of Christ and his love towards us. Amen. He has revealed them to us through his Word, amen, and through his power and through his anointing, amen, within us. Ephesians 1, verse 22 and 23. Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. And have put all things under his feet and given him to be the head over all things to the church, which is the body, the fullness of him that filleth. All and all. Amen. He fills all and all. Amen. (laughs) Think about it. Nobody. (laughs) He fills all and all. He he encompasses everything. See? And this is what God is trying to see, show you and I. In Ephesians 4.11, he gave some what? Apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and pastors and teachers. Ephesians 4.11, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, Unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. See, the ministry is to bring us to that understanding of the fullness. The ministry is supposed to teach, to bring to knowledge and understanding Jesus is God. So that everybody has this knowledge. That's what Paul says. Why come this knowledge ain't in everybody? See? It's because the ministry ain't doing what they're supposed to do. They're teaching doctrine of men, not doctrines of Christ. 
That's why Jesus told them, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the doctrines. We have to be aware of the doctrine. You know, just because the church says apostolic across the top, you need to make sure that the doctrine is apostolic. Yeah. See, and so this is important to get this better, better revelation. We got to dig in there just a little bit deeper. You know, as the song says, deeper, deeper in the love of Jesus. Daily, let me go higher, wiser in the school of wisdom, more of grace to know. Say, I want to know him, as Paul says in Philippians 3, 10. He says, oh, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformable unto his death, that by any means I might apprehend that which I am also apprehended of, Christ Jesus. See, I want to know him. See, there's more. There's a whole lot more than what we've got. Amen. That's what Jeremiah says. And David says, I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. Man, this stuff will make you run. It'll make you dance. It'll make you shout. It'll make you sing. It'll make you pick yourself up when you're down, you know. That's what it's designed to do, that revelation. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. You know, that's why you begin to search it out. You begin to dig it out. There's nuggets of gold. Wisdom is better than gold. And rubies and all the things compared can't be brought to it. Amen. Compared to it. You know, it's deep. This thing is deeper and deeper and wider in height. And as Paul says, the heights and the depths and it's everywhere. As the old song says, it's so high I can't get over it. It's so low I can't get under it. So wide I can't get around it. I might as well go through the door. <laughs> Amen. He's, he's a good God. Amen. And he's trying to reveal to us. Amen. So that we can know him and share him in fullness and in love, as Paul says, so that we can present the truth in love. Say and so when I have a knowledge of that love, I can present that same truth and that same love. Amen. Because we have the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Oh, deeper yet I pray and higher, every higher, every day.